what's most disruptive in organizations is when you've got folks that want to build a kingdom. You can talk about customer relations, but customer relations isn't going to go anywhere until you take care of employee relations. Welcome to IgniteCast, the podcast of the Ignite Leadership Conference presented by the Community Development Foundation. My name is Rory Tyre. I'm a facilitator and coach with Go Innovation. We do custom leadership and human development solutions around the world. And I'm Judd Wilson with the Community Development Foundation. I'm the Vice President of the Chamber of Commerce, and we bring more and better jobs to Tupelo, Lee County, Mississippi. We're excited today to talk to the CEO of Bank Corp South, Mr. Dan Rollins. They went through a pretty tough transition around the time of the Great Recession, regulations being changed um, around the banking industry, and he really led them through what could have been an extremely turbulent and tough period for that bank, and, and they're thriving today and growing. I really appreciated some thoughts he had on being willing to do just about any job. You know, if you really want your company to succeed, you have to put aside this sort of status. And so I'm really excited for us to uh, get to hear now from Dan. So Dan, you've been in Tupelo how long? Six years. So uh, almost. Five years and 11 months today. Head of Bank Corp South. Tell us a little bit about your transition, how you got to Bank Corp South, where were you before that? All those good little details. Yeah, I was at a regional bank about the same size as Bancorp South in uh, 2012 and uh, you know, had the opportunity to move over here and take over leadership for this organization. Uh, and, and it looked like a great opportunity for me because the people were here, the structure was here. You know, Obviously, the bank had had some issues dealing with the credit issues that came out of the Great Recession of the 2007-8-9. It's uh, so a great opportunity to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. Tell us about some of the accomplishments you're most uh, proud of, either at Bancorp South or, or before you got to Bancorp South that you would sort of hang your hat on. You know, I think when you talk about leadership, you talk about the same thing a lot with uh, athletics. You know, you're talking about coaching. And so when you take a team of people and you can encourage them to change their behavior and be better than they were before. You know, we can talk about a lot of things that we've done in our organization, and certainly the financial results are there. But you also have to look at what's happening in the communities that we serve across our footprint to get to the bottom of that. The team that was here was a great team, and we've been able to make a few tweaks and make a few turns and and really perform very well. Let's kind of talk about teamwork. So when you're forming a team, what do you look for in a team member? Well, you look for, you know, you look for lots of things, but you want some differences, you know, uh, sometimes diversity can be a plus for you. So you're looking for, for differences, but compatibility. So that culture has to be there where we can work with each other, where we can respect each other, where we understand the goal that we're all working towards the same goal. You know, what's most disruptive in organizations is when you've got folks that want to build a kingdom. And if they're all going to build their own kingdom and then fight amongst themselves in the organization, that can be very disruptive. And so you have to figure out who those folks are, and you really need to remove that from your organization, and you need to get to the folks that can work on the team and respect differences. Because frankly, we get better when we can see differences and when you can listen to other people's point of view and realize, hmm, you know, that may not be 100% what I want, but there's a whole lot there that we can take into what we're doing and get better. Right, right. Speaking on teamwork, too, you, you look at sports teams. Um, we see victories, we see wins, but a lot of times what you don't see is what happens on the practice field and working day in and day out to create a victory. And a lot of times before there's a victory, there's a failure sometimes. Where in your leadership have you seen maybe a failure that 
that you've learned from or a failure that you've turned into a victory? Well, you know, it comes back to communication. Communication is is critical for a leader. A leader needs to be very open. Uh, you know, I, I believe that transparency is best. And so the more transparent you can be, the more that everybody understands what's happening. When I was a young banker in a rural market, uh, you know, I was hired at the bank and I was relatively new and I got to work with a, a lady who was going to help me and she was probably 10 years older than I am. And, and we were not, we were not getting along very well. And, you know, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big boy. I can take care of this. I can work my way through this. And she was kind of undermining what I was trying to do, but I kept trying to fix it. And after a month or so of this, the, the president of the bank called me in and he was mad at me. He said, what are you doing? You know, why, why, why have you not been in here to talk to me about this? I've told you the best thing you can do is be open and transparent. I said, I don't understand. What have I done wrong? He said, you haven't told me about this because you've let this problem get so big that now if you have problems and you treat it like you're going to mow the grass and you mow the grass every week, that's great. You let this problem grow up so big, I'm going to have to take a machete to it and it's going to get ugly all over, and I'm going to have to fix the problem for you because you didn't come forward early and say, we have a problem and I need more people to help. So bring more people in quicker uh, is the answer to the story. Well, good, good. So that was a mentor, I guess, that told you that. What are some mentors uh, in your career or even before you got into business that you can think of that have been a leader to you? Yeah, I look back, that, that gentleman was Mr. Patterson. And Mr. Patterson was uh, the president of a small bank that I went to work for, uh, and he knew how to treat people right. He told me repeatedly, treat people right. You know, if, if we've got people working for us that like the company, that feel like we're, they're respected, then they're going to respect and take care of our customers. So employee relations is where it starts. You can talk about customer relations, but customer relations isn't going to go anywhere until you take care of employee relations. And so I look back, uh, Victor Patterson was his name, and Victor was uh, was the guy that hired me out of college. I worked uh, for almost 15 years with Victor. A great guy, taught me a whole lot. And what are some principles that you try to pass on as a mentor um, that maybe Mr. Patterson taught you, maybe an educator taught you, or just learning in life of hard knocks that you try to pass on as, as a mentor today? Yeah, you know, it's the same cliches that you hear from everybody, but you know, you got to work hard. You got to be willing to do things that other people might not be willing to do. You know, the our organization today is only as good as, uh, you know, the weakest link in the chain. And that really doesn't matter what position that is, whether you're talking, you know, it's, it's hard to stack rank positions. Everybody wants to do that. Everybody wants to talk about how I'm more important than somebody else. But, but the answer is, if the people that you know, are taking care of our yard every day and are picking up the trash in the parking lot don't do that, then that's a reflection on all of us. And so, you know, walking in the parking lot when there's trash, I, I, I want to pick it up and walk in with it. And it's not going to hurt my feelings to do that. So, you know, you got to be willing to do everything else. And you got to set an example that says, you know, I, I, whatever the ugly job is, I'll, I'll take it. If you don't want to do it, I'll get in and do it. A lot of times as a leader, you're asked questions. What are some good questions that you like to ask others as a leader? Same thing we're talking about. You know, what what, what makes you successful? How are you working to accomplish uh, your goals? What, you know, what are the what are the plans and objectives and processes that you use? 
you know, I, I can come back to the same thing over and over. It's, it's transparency, it's communication, it's making sure that we all see the same goals. If, if we don't all know what the goals are, we can't all reach the goals. You know, too, too many times we're in the boat and we're all paddling really hard, and then we realize we're all paddling in a different direction, and that is not successful. In business, we hear the term a lot, um, work-life balance. Why do you think that's important for an organization to, you know, to focus on work, but also focus on your family and focus on on what makes you happy as well? Why do you think that's an important balance? Yeah, if you don't recharge your batteries, you're not going to be any good at work. And so we, we, we see that. And, you know, we see folks that want to work, you know, 12 or 14 hours a day and they want to work seven days a week and they want to talk about how they've got all this work and they just can't ever get caught up. Well, I can tell you, I'm never going to get caught up. You know, I'm not a clean desk guy. When, when, when you walk in, I'm going to have things on my desk that need to get done. And when it's time to go home or go do something else, well, you walk away from it and you come back to it. And so, you know, it's, it's that time management process. But, but being able to recharge your batteries and get away, people ask me, do we have any times of the year or when things are happening, is there any certain place that, you know, people should not take a vacation? And, you know, People need to take a vacation and recharge their batteries when they need to. You know, we, we've done some acquisitions and some mergers this year. People are saying, well, you know, can I take a vacation during this particular time period? You know, or, or my nephew's getting married. What am I supposed to do? I said, well, you're supposed to go to the wedding. You need to take care of your family. You need to take care of you. You know, we'll be here and we've got more people on the team that can take care of things while you're gone. You have to realize that everybody's replaceable. You know, the fact that I'm sitting in the chair today and I get to lead our organization and I have fun doing it every day. Somebody else can take over tomorrow for me if I wasn't here, and the company would do very well because we've got great people working every day. I know that you and your wife give back a lot. I see Becky in the community. I see you in the community right now. You're you're a president of the board of MEC, which is the State Chamber of Commerce. Why is it important to uh, give back to the community and actually see the community in the state thrive? You know, I think being involved is just something we've Becky and I have been involved you know, for a long time. So living in a community the size of Tupelo is a relatively large community for where we've lived. In our married life, we've lived in four towns, uh, Houston, Texas being one of those four, and obviously that qualifies as the biggest. The other two were, were small communities with less than 15,000 people. And so you know, everybody's involved in the community. You're going to know everybody, you're going to get involved, and you're going to make the community better. And so personally, it's just fun to be involved, and I'm an outgoing, I like talking to people. So I like that from a corporate side and the banking business. You know, it's hard for a bank to do well when the community is struggling. So for bankers, you know, I think most bankers will be looking to try and figure out how we can make the community thrive. Because if the community's thriving, again, some other bank may be, win some business from us occasionally. But if a community's thriving, there's enough business for everybody. You know, at Night Leadership Conference, we, we've done, we're doing that. Um, there's a lot of different things where people can get better at their job. Um, why is it important for us to look at other things to help make us better? better corporate citizens. Yeah, I think leadership training is a big part of what helps us all, uh, you know, both as a community and as an organization do well. And so when we look at leadership training in our company, you know, we've got folks that are participating in your leadership program here and, and they like it. And we've had a lot of uh, positive feedback on the involvement and the things they've learned about leadership and the things they've learned about the community. Uh, we've been involved in the uh, MEC's leadership statewide program. 
the Ignite program that is here. We had a big crowd last year. I know we will again. The feedback we had from our folks that was there was excellent. Again, it comes back to how we interact with each other. And so I think what you're hearing when you go to these leadership-type programs, it's it comes back to communication and support and teamwork and understanding what the goals are and all working in the same direction. You mentioned earlier talking about... Um people building their own kingdom. Uh, I've seen this happen in a lot of organizations, and I'm curious to hear you describe what are the kinds of behaviors or feelings that accompany, that tip you off to think, okay, somebody's starting to do that. Control, you know, people that feel like I have to have control. You know, I need I need these people to report to me so I can tell them what to do as opposed to it, I'm happy for them to report to, to, to Judd, but we're still going to work together as a team. So when you start talking about control, you know, we're all on the same team. We're all doing the same thing to help our company grow and prosper. And, and when you start talking about what size office I need and who needs to be on my re- direct report and my subordinates, you know, th- those words frustrate me some when, when we really ought to be talking about being on the same team. Mm. You mentioned acquisitions and mergers earlier, and I know Bancor South has grown through several of those. That introduces some unique elements of change management. How do you help or how do those that work with you help people navigate that change curve, right? Because there's a change curve you go through and at some point it kind of bottoms out and you have to come out the other side. What are the ways that you try to navigate that curve, make it less steep maybe for the people involved in those mergers? Yeah, you know, everybody reacts to change differently. And so, you know, when you're talking to a team of people who their bank has just sold or they're coming on to our team, you know, it's really as if we have hired them from outside because they're going to have to learn a new computer system. They're going to learn some new terminology because every banker has a complete set of vocabulary that they're all similar and they all mean the same things, but we all have acronyms that mean something different from one organization to the next. And I think when you talk about how you communicate that to the folks, it's going to be best. So, you know, in my mind, again, we're up front. There's going to be a lot of changes, and we talk through those changes, and we want to be transparent with those changes. But some people don't deal well with change at all, and and, and so, you know, they get very antsy. They get very uh, frustrated in that process, and we end up losing some people that, you know, I would otherwise not prefer to lose but it's hard just because there's a lot of friction and, you know, I used to be on John's team and now I'm on another team and now I don't know what I'm doing and now the computer system's changed. And if you let yourself get drug into that spiral down, you know, you won't be able to get your head back above water. So the key is, is just keep talking about it. Keep everybody aware of the changes that were coming. Keep everybody aware of the process that's going on. You know, I, I like to make the changes as quickly as we can. If we can move quickly through the process, it can be more disruptive. Uh, you know, we just had a hurricane uh, recently that hit the coast, and, and my answer to change is, is we have a choice. We can sail around the hurricane, and it will take us two years, or we can put on our seatbelt and go straight through the middle of it, and we'll be back in the sunshine in, you know, a few months. The sooner you can get to a normal playing field, the better off you are. So we work hard to try and make changes in a quick mode, which makes them more disruptive. But if we can all hold on and support each other, and we talk about that from the first day that we meet each other until you know way after the changes have taken place. My understanding from the research is that the higher up you go, so to speak, in the organizational chain up to CEO, the actually harder it is for you to receive consistent and candid feedback, especially from within your own organization. Is that something you have found to be true? And if so, what are some ways that you have tried to make sure that there is 
that you are getting the kind of feedback that's important for you to make good decisions about about Bancor South. Yeah, I think there's a fear. You know, you, you, you hear the the fear of leadership, and so or the fear of the leader. You know, the fact that I sit in this chair causes people to look at me differently than they would look at me if they didn't know I was in this chair. And so, you know, you, you talk about there's a TV show where the leader goes out and, you know, hides and, you know, doesn't look like themselves. And so, you know, to me, you know, I want to challenge folks. I, I don't want people to tell me what I want to hear. That does not work for me. And, I, and, and our team hears me say that regularly. You know, if, if you're not telling me the worst thing that's happening in our organization, then we can't get better. If you're only telling me everything's great and peachy all the time, that's not going to help us. And so, you know, you just, again, you got to talk about it. You got to tell people up front. You know, I get up every morning and put my shoes on just like you do. There's nothing special about my office over your office, you know, except for we're all here every day trying to do the same thing. Dan, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. We appreciate you uh, uh, sharing with us about leadership, and we appreciate the leader you are in our community, and, and thank you for, for what you do at Bancorp South, but more importantly, what you do for Tupelo and Lee County. Well, I appreciate y'all's effort here. Uh, Judd, I think the work that's going on here is great, and I'm really excited about the opportunities that sit in front of us as a community and as a state and, frankly, as our organization. Mm -hmm.